guys, welcome back to the On God's Time podcast. Super excited to have my brother in Christ, my BIC. That's what me and Colby have been calling it lately, my BIC. My brother in Christ. What? The BIC, yeah, you know me. (laughs) My brother in Christ, Micah Ballou. Uh, I'm so happy to have my boy on the podcast. He's easily, yeah, give him a good bark. He's easily (laughs) one of my favorite people in the world. Honestly, he's up there with Hudson as uh, one of the funniest people I know. Um, Hudson's the guy that used to do the podcast with me. Then he got married and had a kid and really can't now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, congratulations. No, but, uh, no, but uh, Micah is one of my favorite people in the world. And uh, today we're going to have some really tough talks, but I'm those are my favorite ones to have, honestly. I love bringing people on the podcast to talk about the nitty gritty and uh, the things that hopefully are going to impact people's life. Uh, but he was an FCA huddle leader at FCA camp with me. Um, he's from Greenwood, Arkansas. He goes to the university of Arkansas and he's a great friend and well, one of my accountability partners in my walk with Jesus. Um, and we'll get more into that later, but Micah talk to me a little and uh, tell everyone who you are. Yeah, I'm Micah blue. Um, born and raised in the Greenwood of Arkansas. Greenwood, Arkansas, baby. Yeah, little butt crack town, a little bit south. I, I wouldn't say little, probably a town of 8,000, mm-hmm. south of Fort Smith. Yeah. I just transferred to the University of Arkansas, so this will be my first year, I guess. At my, It was my first semester last year at mm-hmm. Washington, at the UARC, um, and this will be my first year. Um, and I'm going into junior year. I'm excited to see what God has in store. But, yeah, me and Caleb. We're good buddies. No, we're going on, I guess, two years now of knowing each other. Um, yeah. And it's been awesome. It's been a blessing to um, lead with such great people, and that, that's the big thing about being a huddle leader is just, you know, God brings people in your life that stay friends with you and in your walk for a long time. So, Dude, that for sure. I, I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize going to FCA camp that I was going to become such great friends with people. Like I had no idea that I was going to go and, you know, I I feel like some people have, you know, basically become lifelong friends with, like I had no idea. Um, I had no idea going into camp that after camp, you and me would like continue to talk. (laughs) It's like, it's like even Landon, like me and Landon stay, stay. Yes. Yeah. Me and and Landon do too. Yeah. And like, it was so funny. Um, basically, one of his friends from Washtaw, like I was with, um, I was like, you know, just with her, like hanging out one time. Like her little brother plays on my AAU team, or yeah, her little brother uh, plays on my AAU team, and like she sent a, a Snapchat of me to Landon, and I went, whoa, 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 time out. Is that Landon Coon? And she was like, yes. And I was like, that is my boy. Yeah. And she was like, no way, no way. FaceTimed him and we ended up talking for like <laughs> forever. Like I literally like took her phone and was talking to him the whole time. And I was just like, I don't know. But well, yeah. It was so. funny because the other day, like a girl that I knew that goes to Conway, she like sent me a picture of Landon too. And I was like, what the heck? Like Landon, <laughs> Landon is one of my good buddies. So it's just funny how the world works. Like, like someone that goes to UCA? Yeah. Yeah. But nah, that's just how it be sometimes. But my brother, we got to yeah. get into it. Uh, 
man, I'm going to ask you, does it, this is called the On God's Time podcast. Um, so I got to ask you, man, when did you decide to stop living on your time and start living on God's time and why? And I love your testimony. Like I didn't even realize until the other day, like I'll let you talk about it, but saying that you actually gave your life to Christ at FCA camp, like that is the coolest thing ever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. tell me though, when did you decide to start living on God's time? Yeah, so my whole life I grew up, you know, in the church, um, living for Jesus. So I thought um, I knew the word to say, knew everything to say. Um, and kind of, there's a kind of point in my life where, oh my gosh, there's so many cheerleaders over here. Sorry. Um, You're good. <laughs> it's like a whole bunch hey, of hey, I believe gospel, believe gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop preaching to them. Yeah, but there became a time in my life where um, I kind of hit a rough patch of just into high school mm-hmm. of, you know, caving into temptation, caving into uh, peer pressure, caving into certain things, you know, got, got into things at a young age that, you know, by looking at me, you wouldn't think I've done, but, um, you know, got into alcohol, got into partying, got into all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, drinking, smoking at a young age, um, you wouldn't think that because, you know, I grew up in a big Christian family. Like, my mom was a youth pastor, all that stuff like that. Um, and so, I actually, my first year at SCA camp was I was a huddle leader. And so, that's the first time I've ever experienced FCA. I mean, I went to FCA mm-hmm. in high school, but experienced it, um, you know, as a college student. I got asked by a Van Buren tennis coach that I knew, um, which is funny because, actually, I was on track to work at Canicuck, and I know Caleb knows that, and a lot of other mm-hmm. know that too. Um, and so for two weeks, I was at staff training before I went to work at FCA. And God kind of moved in my heart a little bit where um, he kind of just revealed things in my life that you know I've been keeping in the dark um, and kind of revealing to me that you know, I may know the things to say, but I don't. I don't actually know who God is. You know, I, mm. I didn't ever have a one-on-one relationship with who God is. Um, and so then we got to FCA camp, um, and you know, as huddle leaders, we're there two days before all the campers come, and that's probably one of my favorite times, is because you know, you get to know a lot of people. Um, but for me, it was also nerve-wracking because I was coming into a camp where I didn't know anyone. Not one mm-hmm. person. So this was a big step of faith, kind of like Kanika, big step of faith where, I mean, I'm an extrovert and most people know that, but it takes a lot for me to kind of step out of my comfort zone in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of just doing it because I knew that I would know the words to say. I would know the things mm-hmm. to say. Um, so then, you know, come, I guess the second night is re- whenever we really have like worship night. And... Um, you know, I just, Micah, Micah May, if anybody knows him, he's just the camp director. He's that guy. And we had Eric too. And Eric was speaking that night and it just kind of like tugged at my heart that, you know, I was dealing with pornography at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, still, I mean, still a battle for me, not as bad as it was. Um, but still a battle, but you know, I was living in sin, never brought that to light ever. Yeah. So. There was something in me that was like, hey, Micah, like, I could, the biggest thing was I got baptized at 10, um, but being baptized doesn't mean you're saved. It's just an outward expression of faith. Um, and one thing that Micah McKay, that 
uh, Micah May said that stuck with me was, um, if you can't remember the time you got saved, if you don't remember the prayer you prayed to get saved, then you were never truly saved. And that's so true is that in that time, you know, looking back, I never knew whenever I got saved. The only thing I knew was whenever I got baptized. And the only reason for that was because it was Christmas Eve whenever I was 10 years old. Like, of course, you're going to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So then, you know, no one ever really led me into me getting saved, which that's okay. You don't have, you don't need someone to lead you into that. Um, mm-hmm. But the biggest thing about being saved is first you got to believe it in your heart that Christ is Lord and that he's above everything. Um, and then second of that, you got to confess, you know, the biggest thing I did was for the first time in my life, I even confessed to an adult that I was struggling with pornography, that that's a constant battle yeah. in my life, that I'm ready to give my life up. And for me, and I'm sure Caleb knows this too, um, the biggest thing for a man is to admit that they're wrong because of our pride. Um, and so yeah. that was a big step of faith, but I had to confess that to the Lord and be like, Lord, like, I know you're good. Um, and I know that you will prevail and Lord, I am sorry for the sin that I've done. Um, and then also lastly, part of that is you got to repent from that sin. And what that looks like is, you know, um, confessing it, but also turning away from that sin. Obviously we're going to fall short and we're going to cave back into sin, yeah. but it's all about, stepping away from that sin and being like, Hey, I'm not going to let that sin dictate me anymore. And I'm going to, you know, decide to follow Christ and give my life to Christ. So, um, gave my life to Christ at camp. Um, obviously my life's not going to be perfect. Caleb's life is not perfect. We struggle, we sin. Mm -hmm. Um, but my life has looked drastically different with the way the Lord has provided in my life. I mean, I transferred to U of A, um, because I felt the Lord was calling in my life. Um, you know, tugging at my heart to do that. And then came to FCA camp a second year and we saw the Lord move in a better, the best way I've ever seen, probably better than the first camp at FCA camp that I worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, this last yeah. camp was just insane, insane. Um, and part of that was, you know, was Willie awesome. speaker, but it was just, the Lord is Golly. so good. And you just notice it whenever you give your life to him, you'll start noticing the certain things that he's done in your life for you. And so that was the biggest yeah. thing is, you know, I gave my life as a huddle leader. And, you know, the biggest thing is a lot of people are like, how, well, how did you do that? Um, and it was like, I knew the words to say on my application. So that's why, you know, and I knew people, um, mm-hmm. but it's so cool because big connections have been made with that. And so it's just been such a blessing. So, Brother. I love hearing you talk about your testimony. I love it so much. And it makes me happy to know you're confident in your salvation now, honestly. Um, And it's, it's really cool. Like, you know, like you talked about um, not even being willing to like open up and confess like, Hey, yo, I'm addicted to pornography. And that was like, that was something that was hard for me in high school. Um, It actually took a really hard experience for me to open up to some adults and be like, yo, Hey, I, I struggle with pornography. And, you know, for me, once I actually confessed that I was able to get an accountability partner and able to um, get out of that addiction. And yeah. it's, it's really cool now seeing um, how much more open you are about it, because like I think I even remember like, you know, uh, I'll, I'll keep it really real with y'all. I mean, we always keep it real, obviously, but like 
it is really, really hard for a dude to talk about lust in front of girls. Like that is really, really hard. And I think even at camp, like, like we just had the huddle leaders in there. And I think like we were talking about stuff and, and maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember this. Did you say you had a kid that struggled with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's up. Yeah. And I think it was like, I think you talked about like into the camera, like when it was just us huddle leaders. And I think you, you said something and maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to lie. Gosh, I'm recording this in a, in a church right now, but, <laughs> but, but I think you said like, like you openly talked about in front of the staff and the huddle leaders, like, yo, I was able to um, relate to these kids and talk to them about my struggles. I don't even think you said lust. I think you said with porn, like, I think you talked about it. And it is amazing to see in one year you going from never telling anyone about it to openly talking about yeah. it in front yeah. of people. Like, brother, it took me a year of doing this podcast to talk about porn. Like, yeah. it, it took me a long time to openly be like, yo, because I was so afraid. And even like in my book, like my entire sixth chapter is like – basically me talking about what weighs you down like the chapter name is uh throw off the weight and i'm talking about how i went to passion conference and jenny allen gave a message on romans 8 1 which says therefore now there is no condemnation for those who belong to christ jesus and it's it's insane like and we got in these little groups and um basically everyone confessed what they were going through and i was there with like six or seven other college dudes and every single one of them either said they were struggling with sexual sin or they were struggling with pornography or they had at some point. That's awesome. And yeah, but it was crazy to me. I was just like, first of all, I never expected myself to talk about this in front of people exactly. I know. I definitely never expected myself to write about it. Like where now anyone can see it. But dude, the amount of people that have said, Hey man, you wrote about this and like this impacted my life so much. Like now I feel like I, I'm able to get through this and like, dude, that means so much. And so I think it's really cool that you're open about like talking about it more and it's a part yeah. of your testimony now. Well, I think the biggest thing is it's easy for us as men to be like, Hey, I can do this on my own. I don't need to tell anybody about it. You know, I'll get a, I'll find ways to get around it. And the truth is, is we can't, no matter who you are, even yeah. women, men, whatever you are, you cannot do it alone. We're not called to do it alone. You physically can't because the thing that I found myself doing is I was justifying every single time I would do something. Um, mm. And so, and I was telling Caleb before this podcast, I mean, I'm still struggling with that to this day just because sin's going to creep in. I mean, you're going to, I was a m month and a half clean and mm. whenever you're the most vulnerable, I was, I'm exhausted. I'm physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally exhausted from work, school, life in general. Whenever you're exhausted is whenever you're most vulnerable, whenever you're most vulnerable, and whenever you're not in the Word. And the biggest thing that I've yep. noticed whenever I cave in, whenever I fell, is the, the days or the weeks I go without, without getting into the Word. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing was I came back from the beach, and I did not once get into the Word. And, I mean, that's whenever I caved in was stuff like that. Um but also one thing that I found cool is even through FCA, you know, after I confessed that stuff, I found some dudes, you know, like Caleb and Landon and Eli, who we all just confessed that to each other. Hey, we yeah. have struggled with that. Um, dudes, uh, we, we didn't even know each other before we came. To yes, them. facts. Like, didn't even know them. 
And th- I think this was still, like, the second day of camp. Like, mm-hmm. still the second day. Staff, you know, we're all together. And that just grew a bond between us. I mean, obviously, three of us are still friends now because we've we worked at camp again the second year. Mm-hmm. Um, but just little stuff like that, that you find people um, that, you, that relate to you. And the devil's going to tell you you're not you're alone, and that's why he doesn't want you to confess that stuff. Um, the biggest thing that I was told is you know you can confess to one another and you're freed from it, you know. Or well, what is it? You're, if you confess to the Lord, you're freed from that sin. Yeah. But whenever if you, you conf- confess it to one and one another, you're healed from that. Yes. That's the star that if we're keeping things in the dark, I can confess to God all day. Obviously, God will take that sin away. God's mm-hmm. going to do ma- magical things. But for you, in order for you to truly, it, it takes a man, it takes a woman, it takes whoever to admit that and bring that to light to someone. You know, the biggest thing for me was admitting that to a, even an adult. Because I could go to a college student and be like, oh yeah, I've struggled with that too. But whenever I get to the main director over mm-hmm. the camp, like bro, that's saying a lot for me as a college student who he just hired. To be like, hey, I am struggling with pornography as as we're speaking. So. Yeah, dude, no, I love that so much, and like, it takes it takes bravery to do that. But once you do, like you said, like I love that so much. I think it was Jenny Allen that said that. Like I've heard her say that a lot. You know who Jenny Allen is, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've heard her say that. Uh, it is our oh, dude, I freaking is that a cuss word? Can I say that? I quoted it. In my book, oh my gosh, um, we I think it's like we confess to God for forget. Oh, I think she said we confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to people for healing, and the yeah. main reason for that is because when you have community, when you have people who you can tell anything to, that's that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. We're mm-hmm. supposed to be able to look at each other and say, "Yo, I'm struggling with drinking. I am struggling with smoking. I'm struggling with pornography." And we are supposed to be the embodiment of Romans 8.1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I should be able to look at you and you should be able to look at me and say, hey, brother, I'm struggling with bam. And I can look at you and say, hey, man, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. You can look at me and I can look at you and we can tell each other whatever. And I'm going to be able to tell like, you know, just talk to you and we're going to be able to help each other through that and be able to uh, help each other with our scars. And that's one thing that I'm really big on, man. Like my circle of people, like I don't ever want them to feel like they can't talk to me about anything. Like I want them to be able to look at me and say, Hey man, Caleb, I'm struggling with bam. And it's like, all right, man, we're going to pray about this. And then we're going to take action steps on how we can get better with this. And I think that's a big thing too. Conviction um, is from the Holy spirit. And I think that that's one way you know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you is because it's like, you know, yeah, like do do I still struggle with porn sometimes? Like I'm saying like people in general like talking like, OK, do I struggle with porn? Do I struggle with drinking? Do I struggle with smoking? Whatever. But do I feel bad? Like am I convicted yeah. about it? Yeah. Am I making an effort to get better with it? Because yeah. if you're not, it's it's not saying you're never going to slip up, but it's like. When you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel convicted about what you've done. And mm-hmm. bro, that conviction be making you feel terrible sometimes. <laughs> but it's like, are you taking action steps to get better? So yeah, that, yeah, that's a big thing for me. And that's that's the 
biggest change I think for any Christian is um, just you know once you're living without Christ, there's no conviction. I mean, obviously you got to discern that with right and wrong. So for me, mm. before I was a Christian, I knew what was right and what was wrong because I've been instilled. That's been instilled in me. So I knew, you know, watching porn was right. You know, I mean, watching porn was wrong. You know, what was right and wrong, what I shouldn't shouldn't do. But there was never in my heart, you know, I never in my heart was like, oh, man, I feel awful about this. It's just like I knew I was wrong because I knew if my parents found out, you know, it would ruin me, you know. Mm. Um, but it became a big thing whenever I found Christ to be like, man, I am wretched. And even a bigger step is that I literally... I kid you not, that camp, I went home and confessed everything to my parents. You know, because mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is your parents will say, hey, I'm here for you and all that stuff. But no, they are here for you. They love you. They And not, right. you know, obviously not every parent's like that, you know, because I know people who have gone through so much stuff with parents and stuff. But I am so blessed in that fact that my parents were so willing to help. And I sat them down and was like, hey, I am dealing with this stuff. And I knew that... Christ had a plan for that too because my parents right. were just like, hey, we love you and this doesn't change the way we look at you. Um, it's another thing to even be like, my dad was like, yeah, I've dealt with this. Obviously, he doesn't deal with it now because, you know, he's married and stuff. But even married men, I mean, I'm sure oh, Caleb, yeah. there's pastors even deal with this stuff. Just because the closer you are to heaven, the more on fire you are to Christ, the more the devil is going to work. Because mm -hmm. those who are not, those who are living in sin, obviously they're living a good life because they're they're getting everything they want. But that's why being a Christian is not made to be easy. Is mm -hmm. Christ, Christ, the being a Christian is not made to be easy, and that's why it takes so much faith, and that's why it's almost like a test whenever we go through sin, is yeah. in our Christian faith is whenever we're sinning. Is it going to be God who you're leaning on, or are you just going to go to, you know, stuff like that? And that's where conviction comes in. And every single time I even say a word or say a phrase or look at someone or think about someone and in the wrong way, I get that conviction and it just tears me up inside. Dude, I love that so much because it is one of those things where, like, you know, who are, who are you going to whenever – tough times happen. I mean, um, I think it's Joshua ch chapter 24 that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And there's a, there's another passage that, um, is basically talking about how like the man that built the foundation on the sea, like his house washed away. And then, but the man who built his foundation for his house on like a, mm -hmm. a high place, like it was protected. I, I hope that's right. Yeah. But, um, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like, bro, what's your foundation? Like, what is, what are you building your life on? Because the the things of this world, materials, money, yeah. uh, status, it's all going to literally just go away one day. Yeah. And if you're building the foundation for your life on money, it's like, bam, you get fired from your job. Then, then what is the foundation of your life? Right. It's like yeah. your status. Um, you know, say you lose, like I actually, I, I was listening to something and this wasn't like a Christian page or anything, but it was just like talking about followers on Instagram. And it was like, you lose all your followers, you know, now you're not a social media person. Okay. Like, do you have any value? 
And you could look at that in the sense of like, okay, if you lost all your popularity, like where do you find your worth at? Is mm -hmm. your worth in Christ or is, it, is your worth in the world? You know, this world is fading. Um, Ecclesiastes says that uh, chasing fame, money, and possessions is like chasing the wind. Like mm -hmm. it, liter it literally is just going to disappear. So, man, I'm, I'm with you on that, dude. Like I've, I've had to realize over the last couple of years, like, man, one thing I've been addicted to is like learning about finances, like learning about stuff like that. Like I am addicted to like improving myself, like self-improvement mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I have to catch myself sometimes being like, don't you dare think that's what's going to sustain you in this exactly. world. Exactly. And I, so I have to check myself on it. And man, what helps me with that is having accountability, like having people in my life who, you know, even like, man, we were talking about before the episode, uh, before we started the episode, we were talking about how Willie, our speaker at FCA camp, he had, um, he, he was talking to us. I don't, I don't know if he ever talked about this in front of everyone, but he talked to us like when it was the guys only meeting, he was talking about how, like whenever a woman who's attractive comes by, like he literally will do this. Like he will completely turn his head. Like he, he used to be like, Oh, like I would just look away, but no, like I completely turned my head because those eyes are only for my wife. And he's, like he told me when I had him on the podcast, he was like, my friends are tattletales. Like he was like, my friends, like if they see me doing anything, like they'll call up on me because he's like saying he travels a lot for work. Like he'll be like, you see anyone cute today? Yeah, you ain't supposed to look at them. <laughs> like, like he'll like, they'll say that they'll call him up and they'll just be like, uh, yeah, man, like uh, I, I was looking at your social media. Um, you didn't like anything bad, did you? Like just like stuff like that. Yeah. And so – Talk to me about like in your life, you know, how accountability and community has helped you um, in, in regards to like, you know, overcoming addiction, but also just like living life and growing in your relationship with Jesus with people. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I could touch on is community, find community. Mm -hmm. um, that was the biggest struggle for me in high school was I had to figure out, you know, because there did come a point where I had to tell myself, hey. These may be my best friends, but they are are they, are they leading me mm, to yeah. eternal life, or are they leading me down a path of damnation? You know, mm. and so the biggest thing was I had to say no to things. You know, and obviously yeah. you're not going to be the fun friend whenever you do that. But is it worth being the fun? Is one second in the flesh worth eternity with Christ? No, it's not. I can promise you, it's not. And so you being that no friend, you will find friends that are going to tear you, like for me, I said no to friends, but I found buddies at FCA camp that, you know, are some of my best friends to this day that we can still t text to, you know, Caleb Land, and we can still text each other and be like, hey, bro, I'm struggling, and we still love on each other, you know, mm -hmm. and build each other up and push towards, you know, the biggest thing is in that account accountability, finding community, you know, obviously, it takes a lot for you to admit that to your buddies. But also, as Christians and as a community, yes, we're called to love, but also we're called to point each other in the, the right direction. You know, if Caleb, Absolutely. If Caleb texts me and he's like, man, I've, you know, I caved in or something like that, yeah, I'm going to love Caleb, but I'm not going to be like, hey, that's okay. I'm not going to be like, oh, man, it's, okay, it's all right. You know, maybe the next time it's going to be like, no. Like, bro, you got to set yourself up. You got to put your phone somewhere. You got to put your phone away. Um, 
you got to set restriction on your phones. I was talking to Caleb before this. I have covenant eyes on my phone. Literally mm-hmm. anything I look up, anything that I, you know, if it's even something that's not even inappropriate that has, you know, filters on it to lock it down, it will pop up on my accountability partner's phone. And the biggest thing is, do you want to be that person where you have to come and admit that, that you looked up something, you know, something like that. So the biggest thing is find community, but find community that's going to build your up, build you up. The biggest thing I've heard was, if I can tell, I can tell who you are, get, you know, point out your friends to me, and I'd be able to tell who you are by the way you hang out with your friends. Right. You know? And so I don't want to ever be that person that I'm different in the church than I am with my friends. You know, mm-hmm. obviously there's a level of that where you are going to be different because it's just a part of being in church. There's things that you're not going to say around your buddies. But the biggest thing I want to be is I want to be the same person around my friends that I am in the church, which means I want to still be on fire for God. I want to be pushing my friends towards the kingdom. But also in the church, I want to be doing the same thing where I'm calling people out. You know, I've had a buddy of mine that I work with who's been my best friend forever, like as long as I can remember. Um, And the biggest thing was he dealt with, you know, sexual sin and stuff like that. But it takes a lot whenever you're you're calling your friend out on that. Mm -hmm. Because someone else can call out your friend and, you know, they're going to brush it off. But you as a friend, that's bold for you to call out your own best But I mean, like, this dude is my best friend. And I have called him out and been like, dude, like, is that worth living in sexual sin, you know, just yeah. getting a number of a girl or something like that. And you know what? This whole month, he has been clean from that because I've just been so persistent and Love pushing it and holding them accountable and almost, in a way, making them feel guilty for it because, I mean, if you, you think... You got it, to sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, would you... I, Me living as a Christian on earth, I do not want to see people live in hell. And if yeah. I don't want to ever get to heaven and be like, well, you know, Christ is going to be like, well, you had that one person that you could have easily, that was right in front of your nose, that, you know, things like that. And now I'm just living as a Christian. I, like, I consistently, every single time I see something that hurts, obviously I don't step in every single time, but I just get that urging feeling of people need help and people need to hear the mm. gospel. So, Dude, I love that so much. You... You killed it. <laughs> like you were right on the, uh, you were right on point, dude. And like Todd, you know, um, a lot of people don't get access to this kind of stuff because uh, it, it's not common to just go talk about it like out in the open. But I'll even tell you this, dude. Todd was telling us, um, you know, people that don't know Todd Baumgartner, uh, big dog in FCA, and he he was training us with accountability stuff. Um, even, even for people who maybe have been clean for a long time, he's like, you still need community. You still need accountability. Um, and he was telling us about a story about a time, like he was in college and one of his buddies, um, I I can't remember Todd caved and, and did something. And he said that his buddy looked at him and he was like, what are you doing, bro? We don't do that anymore. That's not who we are. And he just like, dude, he said that it made him realize that he doesn't want to disappoint his friends. Not that he's living to please his friends, but he was like, I realized that this is good godly community. And, and now it wasn't in a way that was condemning him. 
Um, but then he, you know, gave the same energy back if his buddy came to him and yeah. he's like, man, I, I went a month, you know, it's like, dude, we're, we're going for two months now. Yeah. We're going for yeah. six months. We're going for never again. And, and it got to a point where it was like, they went on and on. And then now I, I think both of them been addiction free for like, I mean, for however long. And so, years, yeah. yeah. And, and he, but he was just saying like, he's like, if my buddy didn't look at me and challenge me, then there's no way that I would have been able to get free from that. And real, it, it's a ser- it's like a seriousness thing. It makes you realize the urgency and the seriousness of it. Because in this life, man, we're never going to reach perfection. There's never one point in this life where we're going to reach perfection. But we definitely want to reach the best version of ourselves that God has made us to be. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't ever like I don't ever want to look back at my life and be like, man, I I should have sprinted a little harder. Uh, I should have uh, talked to my accountability partner more. I should have uh, worked a little harder on that project. Like I never want to look back at my life and be like, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. What if, what if, what if? I, I don't want to live my life that way. And so that's why I want to encourage people that no matter what you're doing, no matter what's happening, don't settle for anything less but your best in Christ. Yeah. Like yeah. don't. Don't settle for anything. And like, man, we're going to go through trials and tribulations and there's so many problems that we're going to have in this life. But don't ever go to bed at night knowing that you didn't fight that day. Like, yeah. I'm, dude, I'm reading a book right now called The Fight of Your Life. Uh, and it's um, the, the battle. It's like the battle for sexual integrity as a man. And, dude, it's basically just – or no, I'm sorry. Manning up to the challenge of sexual integrity. As yeah. a man, and dude, it just hits you in the nose. Like the very first, like subtitle of it, yeah. it's like manning up to the challenge. And man, when someone challenges you, and when they basically say, "Hey, yo," like you know, not not taking a jab at your manhood, yes. I guess, but but just being like, "Hey, yo," like we don't do this anymore. Like we've we've got to get better, uh, and I, and just striving, you know, to be better. Like, dude, yeah, so. So big I mean, that. it's also it's also another thing is not only is it people that are just challenging you, but it's also people that are literally your best friends, people that you are doing exactly that are challenging you. Like, I want friends that are gonna hold me accountable to things that are not gonna cause me to stumble. You know, for a lot of the times in high school, I had friends that were peer pressuring me into doing things. And is that really a friend you want? No, it's not. You want mm-hmm. friends that are gonna be like, dude, why did you drink? Or dude, why mm-hmm. did you do this? Or Dude, why are you watching porn still, bro? Like, what what are you doing? Like, get your life straight, bro. And so little things like that where dudes are just going to walk. I mean, even for girls, too. People that are going to build you up and not tear you down and that are going to walk yes. with you. Not only, you know, build you up and lead you and guide you, but also walk with you and, you know. And it's just about which you got to do the same thing with them. Is mm-hmm. You can't just be the only one getting that. You also have to give that to them. So... It's just little stuff like that. Dude, and that's – honestly, I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like honestly when I get on here and talk, I rarely – like I am mostly talking to like young men. But, bro, girls need community too. Like I mean we, we, we all need community. Like even if you're – I mean, man, even if you're married, like you still need your boys. Like yeah. even if you're married, like – your wife like she needs her girls like you you have got to find your people 
And that's why I made that video the other day, man, because I, I, I know people who, man, I gave my life to Christ. Like, I don't know what to do now. And I'm just like, man, find your people. Get in, get plugged into a church. Get plugged into a BCM. Get plugged into um, a college ministry. Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is, man, because the reality is that now when you're married, I, I definitely think you should be open and vulnerable about everything because you're one flesh. But there's just going to be certain things that you can talk to the boys about that, you know, a girl is not going to be able to understand and vice versa. Like we're not going to be able to fully understand some of the struggles that they go through and they're not going to be able to fully understand the struggles we go through. That doesn't mean we can't talk to each other about it. Obviously we can, but it's just it's biblical, man. Like Jesus, bro, his best friends were James, John and Peter. I mean, and. I'm sure, you know, Mary Magdalene, uh, I mean, we're her and Martha friends. Gosh, I can't yeah. believe I don't know my New Testament, well, man. I, but you even <laughs> think about that. I mean, Jesus had disciples for a reason because he knew that mm -hmm. he can walk alone. I mean, mm -hmm. he might have had three best friends, but he had a community yes. of people that walked alongside of him. And obviously, it's Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Jesus didn't do mm -hmm. anything, but he needed people to lean on because he, I mean, there's many points where it talks about in the Bible that Jesus was spiritually exhausted. I yeah. Mean, you think about he was it, human. Parts where Jesus, yeah. Jesus, like his spirit was so burdened because of his human spirit. You know, he's just broken because he was human too. I mean, he still felt things that we felt just because he was God doesn't mean anything. I mean, obviously the one thing that Jesus hasn't done is he was never, he never caved into temptation. I mean, Jesus right. was tempted. Obviously, he was tempted, mm -hmm. um, but he never came to temptation, you know, and stuff like that. So, Bro, it is insane that you say that. I had a kid who was basically like at, at FCA camp was super mad at himself for being tempted over a certain sin, but he had never caved into it. And I looked at him and I was like, buddy, do you realize that being tempted is not a sin? Yeah, And he looked at me, and his eyes just shot up, and he was like, what? I was like, yeah, dude, being tempted is not a sin. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, but he never gave in to that temptation. Bro, he got so happy, and he was just yeah. like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that, like, <laughs> it's funny looking back. He's like, so you're telling me what I'm going through is normal? And I was like, yes, every man ever has gone and through woman. temptation. Every, and woman, and woman, and woman. Everyone in the history of the world has gone through temptation. Yeah. Everyone. It's God's will for you not to give into it, though, to deny your flesh and to say, you know what? I'm going to allow my spirit to make my decisions. I'm going to allow my spirit to guide me through this life. I'm going to allow my spirit to make my decisions for me. That is God's will. And I know a lot of people who they say, well, man, I... I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. But I'm like, man, you've got to be desperate for Jesus and you got to let Jesus make the decision. And yeah. it is so hard for us to let go of self and let go of pride to do that. But yeah, dude. So. Well, I also think the biggest thing is obviously we're going to be discouraged if we cave into temptation, but don't feel like that's the end of the world. Like, mm -hmm. Jesus knows that we're going to cave into temptation. Like, he literally says, you're going to have trials. And you will have tribulation. Like there's, it's bound to happen that you're going to go through trials and you're going to fail. But also take that as a gift that 
you were put through that. You were put through whether it was a temptation, whether you were put through a trial, whether you were put through anything. Take it as like a spiritual blessing, you know, because you think right. of it like the gym. The gym, you go to the gym, you're going to tear a muscle and it's going to rebuild. Think mm -hmm. of it spiritually. You're going to go through a trial. That's that's your spiritual muscle, muscle being, you know, torn apart. But look, if you're leaning on the Lord, if you're practicing, if you're, you know, getting into the Word every single day, you are growing that spiritual muscle for the next time you go through that temptation, for the next time you go through that trial, you're going to be ready to fight the fight. Because, and obviously, we're going to cave in. It's bound mm -hmm. to happen. We're going to cave in because we are not perfect. And by no means, I've not met anybody that's not caving into, into temptation today. I mean, caving into temptation doesn't mean it's always going to be, you know, lust, pornography, stuff like that. It could be like you say a cuss word in a day. Or yeah, you, for sure. You think, you think something bad about someone. So I don't want people to think that temptation is only going to happen whenever... You know, you're going through something terrible. It also happens mm -hmm. when you think of someone the wrong way or something like that. So, but don't be yeah. discouraged. I mean, the biggest thing that Jesus did in the wilderness was he leaned on the Lord and he mm -hmm. fought the devil with scripture. Yes, you know? with scripture. And so he leaned on the Lord and fought the devil with scripture. And that's the biggest thing we can do is just sometimes I tell myself, devil, you do not have a hold on me. You know, you don't have a hold on me because whenever I tell myself that, it releases that. You know, not obvious. Obviously, I still cave in sometimes because I'm human. But telling the devil, speaking that out, you know, calling the, the devil out, you know, and even calling Jesus's name out because it it even says in the Bible that the demons are going to tremble at his feet because they know his name. They know his name. And so they tremble at the sound of his name, too. Mm. Dude, and that's such that's such a word because there is power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Like that's brother, that has been such a conviction of mine lately. Like I remember having a thought to myself and it was just like you've done all these cool things. You you've you've done this, you've done that, you've had chances to speak, you've done this, done that, but have you shared the gospel? Have you talked about Jesus? Have you said the name Jesus? And I've been so big on that lately that I've really done my best not to not to sound mean, I guess, but just literally being like um like I hear a lot of people say like yeah man uh I yeah God is cool or you know they, like they, they'll talk about these things that have to do with Christianity but I'm like are we talking about Jesus? Yeah. Are we saying Jesus? <laughs> Like he's the one that's going to take care of all of that. We've got to stop trying to, to talk about Christianity or our relationship with God um, to make ourselves look cooler for some status or for some agenda and just say Jesus and talk mm -hmm. about Jesus. Like when I was a little kid uh, or when I was younger, my stepbrother told me a story about how when he was in like second grade, there was a joke uh, at his you're not not a joke. I'm sorry. At his church, like you know, his Sunday school teacher was like, you know, Jesus is the answer to everything. And so one time on a test, he didn't know like what the answer was, so he wrote Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yeah. And his teacher was like, listen, like that is right. Okay, Jesus <laughs> is the answer to everything, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. And then I think his teacher probably like just let him redo the test or something. 
But uh, man, it's just, it's just so true though. Like it, it may not be as simple as just saying, Oh Jesus, but you're going to find Jesus in scripture and scripture yeah. is where we find the answer to the, the things that maybe are a little more intellectually challenging, mentally challenging, spiritually challenging. And Jesus is literally, uh, the word coming to flesh. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the biggest thing I encourage is, and I fall short on this all the time is reading. I mean, people do Bible apps on the phone and that's okay. I mean, I, I fall into that because it's easy for me before work to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is just opening and getting into the word because every single time you reread a scripture, I mean, I've rewritten, re. My favorite verse is Psalms 34, 8. And every mm-hmm. season of life, I mean, it, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. That's every right. season of my life, that has applied in a different way. You know, for the biggest, that was my foundation of my, of my, you know, my, my verse, you know, whenever I came to Christ was taste and see. You got to dig into the Word. You got to taste the Lord, which not physically, you know, weird stuff like that but you gotta taste, you gotta taste i love it but also you gotta see that the lord is good and mm-hmm. part of that is whenever you're tasting whenever you're getting into the word whenever you're digging in the word you will see that the lord is good but also you got to think of that second part where it says blessed is the man who takes refuge in him what does mm-hmm. that mean what does refuge mean refuge means i am given my you know i am finding my shelter in the lord he is my refuge he will cover me whenever you know you think of a bomb shelter. The Lord is my bomb shelter. He is my refuge. I'm going to take refuge in Him. I'm going to give my life to Him. And He's my protector. And He's going to protect me. And He's going to walk with me. And so it's little stuff like that. And that's my verse that I, every single season of life that I'm going through, the lows, the highs, I'm tasting. And I'm seeing that the Lord is good. And I'm taking refuge in Him. Because you nonstop take refuge in Him. Don't let, don't, don't let there be a day where you're not giving the Lord your day. Or you're not giving it to him, or you're not speaking it out to him. My biggest thing is, Lord, help me to be a vessel for you and help your will be done today. You know, because once you speak that, once you let the Lord know, hey, let your will be done, not mine. So stuff like that. I love that so much, bro, because it's like I've been realizing that lately because, um, you know, I, I get caught up sometimes in worrying about tomorrow, worrying about, you know, what's even going to happen later today or whatever. But I find the most joy, like you said, when I'm breathing and tasting and living with God. Like, it is so funny to me how whenever we just, it doesn't matter what it is. When we invite God into it, all of a sudden things seem to work out. Yep, yep. Even even if it's not in the way we thought it would, whenever we begin to invite God in, it's crazy how... Uh, we begin to see things differently. All of a sudden, just sitting here and having a conversation with my brother on the mic is encouraging. All of a sudden, uh, us being able to talk is just like, man, I'm so glad I get to talk to my friend, Micah Blue. All of a sudden, yeah, man, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that. I, I think I've heard that, but I don't think I've ever heard it like emphasized like that. Um, for me, like a verse that I would say that has stuck out to me a lot um, is First John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And Romans eight eight one. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Like those have stuck out to me a lot, and I've realized to myself, like you know, First John four eighteen. It doesn't say 
love casts out all fear. It says perfect love casts out all fear. And so I, you know, like we talked about with, you know, what's your foundation on me? You know, I I love my mom. I love my family. I love my, my friends, but their love is not going to cast out my fear. Only the perfect and good and loving love of Jesus is going to cast out my fear and immersing yourself in the word every day, immersing yourself in Jesus presence is the best thing that you can do. Um, not just to overcome fear, but just to live an abundant life. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is if you're to live in your day to day to, for Christ, like the biggest thing I would tell, you know, my dudes at, um, my dudes at FCA was, do everything as though you're working for the Lord. And my mom, you know, used to tell me that as a kid. But honestly, like that's the biggest thing is, hold on, real quick, I'm plugging in my phone. You're good. Got to continue these conversations. But the biggest thing my mom used to tell me was, like, do everything as though you're working for the Lord. But that, if you really think about that, it's like, that's deep. Like, I'm, yes, yes. I do everything as though I'm working for the Lord. You know, in my job, I got to do everything as though I'm working for the Lord, which means I am busting my tail in to do the best I can at my job. That means mm-hmm. whenever I come home and do my accounting over summer, I'm doing my accounting. You know, I'm getting it done. I'm doing everything as though I'm working for the Lord. You know, whether I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing, I am doing it for the glory of God. I'm doing everything as though I'm working for the Lord. I'm doing everything as though I'm chasing after the Christ, you know, because the biggest thing in our life is that's our end goal. Um, But you only receive that if you have Christ. You can't receive eternal life. There's no loophole around getting Mm. to heaven or anything like that, and I hate that. I mean, all day me and Caleb can pray about that and, and pray over that, but the biggest thing is you have to believe that in your heart. Mm-hmm. And the only way you do that is by prayer and by supplication to the Lord and mm-hmm. by fully surrendering your heart to the Lord. And surrender is hard. Like mm-hmm. we st- there's still, there's, I'm pretty sure Caleb can testify to this. There's days in my life where I do not give the Lord my whole day. There's days Absolutely. in my life. It, I mean, I don't, I mean, cause it's hard for us to fully surrender to the Lord or whenever we're going through trials to be like, you know what? The Lord got this. I don't, I don't need to be worried about it. No, cause we're human. We're going to be like, man, do I really trust the Lord in this? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but the more that you surround yourself with people who in those times of, you know, and we're going back to the community thing, but in mm-hmm. those times of, you know, I'm broken, I'm hurt. You know, my, for me, Recently, I've just been exhausted spiritually. I felt like I've just been alone in life. And it's so funny because the Lord has just, you know, I don't know how he works, but random people are texting me. My girlfriend's building me up. Random other people, my friends, people that I haven't talked to in a while, just asking me how I'm doing, you know, Mm -hmm. praying for me. Hey, I'm praying for you. My parents asking me how I'm doing. So it's little stuff like that where if you're in community, and if you're in the Lord, the Lord has got your back, and He will not forsake you. He will, He won't. I mean, it says it in Scripture that the Lord can that nobody can take you out of the palm of the hand of Jesus. No one. Yeah, can. I read that in Isaiah recently. Yeah, yeah. That no one. It's in Isaiah, and it's also in First Corinthians. It's it's everywhere. I mean, there's 
it's mentioned in many different ways, but it literally says that, you know, obviously I don't know word for word what it says, but even if you know a little part of that, that no one, not even the devil can take you out of the palm of the hand of Jesus. Once you're fully surrendered in Christ, no matter how low you go, no matter, you know, I could be, stray away from Christ for two years, I'm still not out of the palm of the hand because mm-hmm. once you're saved, you're always saved. Um, and obviously with that is, you know, people can say they're saved like me. I always said I was saved, but I never was saved because I never had conviction and I never had any of that mm-hmm. stuff. But once you're saved, there's no rededication. There's no, well, I mean, you can recommit, you know, stuff like, I hate that word though. I hate Dude, recommit. oh my gosh. Uh, I was about to end the podcast, but we might have to talk for 10 more minutes because I want to talk about that. But go ahead, finish yours, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. Okay, um, but it's just like little stuff like that where it's just like you gotta be so on fire for God. Um, but don't get discouraged whenever you're in a season of just low, in a season, right. of, in a season of exhaustion, because I can promise you, you're gonna be spiritually exhausted some days. I mean, mm-hmm. after after camp, I was spiritually exhausted. Um, yeah, I mean, just because. I mean, we're we're consistently pouring into students, and I, f- I feel like the staff this year did a great job of just pouring into yes. us. Yes. Um, yes. But we're still spiritually exhausted. I mean, we're we're giving our all. We're crying. We're praying. We're worshiping. We're doing everything for the Lord and for over people. Um, but there's a season of your life where you're just going to be in a season of down, and that's just what I've been in is a season of down. But, and that is I'm leaning on the Lord. I'm in mm-hmm. prayer. I'm getting in the Word because I know that, and that's partially why I'm in a season of down, is I've not been consistent in the Word. And I promise yeah. you, once you're consistent in the Word, you're going to see your days are different. And yeah. I can tell you from me not being in the Word, my day is different. I, You know, I've been droggy. I've been unenergized. I've been all this stuff. And obviously... I believe the Lord is good and he can do things. Now, if he's going to just magically give you energy all the time, bless you. But I do not have energy. Um, And so just little stuff like that where, you know, just walking with the Lord and work and everything, um, he just fulfills and he consistently fulfills. And, you know, I look back on points in my life where I was the lowest and I was like, if I did not have God in that moment, um, where would I be? Honestly, exactly. Where would I be? Even without God, looking back at times in my life in high school where I did not have the Lord, but that's how I know there was a Lord because He was watching over me even whenever I didn't have a relationship with Him because He's fighting for you. He will leave mm-hmm. the ninety-nine for you, and mm-hmm. that's come on. If you think about that, like the Lord will literally. Not not necessarily like he's going to forsake you. He's going to do anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Those who are in in Christ with him, that they're good for a little bit, but he's going to chase after you who does not have a relationship because he wants you so bad. He wants you. Um, and not that he doesn't need us. The Lord does not need us. He doesn't mm-hmm. need us for, you know, for everything like that, but he wants us, and that's huge. Um, that yes. he wants you. He hand selects you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. He picks yes. you. He chooses you. Um, but in that, and that's why we're called to give God the glory in everything because 
yeah, like I can say, oh yeah, I gave my life to Christ, but why should I give him the glory? You should give him the glory because he sought after you. He chased after yeah. you. And Come he on. found you whenever you were wretched and you're a liar and you're a thief. We're Barabbas. I mean, many people have said that, but we are. I mean, we, we deserve to be on that cross. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he died for us. And so that's okay. the main reason why we live our lives as Christians to give God the glory and everything. I love that, dude. It, and that's that's why for me, um, by the way, this might be the longest podcast episode I've ever done, but I'm for it. I am loving it. I'm so sorry. It, I'm a, we're talking no, no, no. talkers. Dude, we're a, an extrovert, an extrovert on a podcast is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to get something special. But, dude, I, I love what you said about um, – that rededication. So my, I didn't realize this. Okay. I didn't realize this until later, but I was reading a book. Um, I, I don't remember if it was at this retreat, but I, I just started reading this book called don't give the enemy a seat at your table by Louis Giglio. Have you oh, read yeah. that? Yeah. I've not Dude. read it, but I've heard it's a great book. Yeah. It is amazing. And brother, he said something in there that stuck out to me and has stayed with me for so long. He was saying, he was like, I've been to a, a million church camps in my life. Um, I've been to a lot of churches too, and they always talk about rededication, right? They're like, they're like, hey, I rededicated my life to Christ. I rededicated this. I rededicated that. And, and he said this, and he said, and I, I want to be very careful when I say this because I know that some people are big on it. But I just want you to hear me out. Whenever you rededicate, you know what you're going to do again? A couple months later, you're going to rededicate again, yeah. and then you're going to rededicate again, and you're going to yeah. rededicate again. And he yeah. said, we need to stop rededicating, and we need to start surrendering. Yes. And brother, when I heard that, I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, okay, okay. Because like for me, think about it like this. That's why there's people who – I mean, let's think about alcohol, right? You you struggle with alcohol. There are people that rededicate themselves to not doing like it's like it's just like the New Year's resolution, man. It's like I'm not gonna do it, or or I'm gonna start working out. 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 But then you don't, and it's because there's not a heart change. There's not there's not a switch. There's not a 180. And so instead, like rededication, it's like. Uh, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. I, maybe it's just the term. Maybe it's just, you know, we've been around it so much. But like, man, when I surrender that, it's like I'm like, okay, Jesus, you've got it now. Now I'm giving it to you. And now I'm making a complete 180 and yeah. turning away. And so, like, for me, I'll give you an example, man. I feel like I rededicated myself a lot to um, cutting rap music out of my, like, out of my lifestyle and what I mean by that and everyone has different convictions you know about that kind of stuff but for me I realized it was affecting my mood like I would listen to rap like all the time before games before practices and you know what I went in and I did I would let a, I'd let a cuss word slip or a teammate would do something and I would get frustrated and uh, end, end up raising my voice or yelling at them and for the longest time, I rededicated, and I was like, "Okay, God, God, I'm not gonna listen to that anymore. I'm like, we're gonna try things, you know, whatever." And then I would always end up doing it again. And yeah. for me, it was actually an experience. My 
my teammate Austin Cluck, he came up to me before, like right before we were about to play a game, and he kept he started skipping like my songs just to mess with me because like my phone was sitting somewhere and my my headphones were on, and he kept skipping, and I just kind of laughed. I didn't even care that much, but he was like, now he's like kind of an accountability partner, like he's a big believer, you know, and he was just like, dude, I've been skipping for about four or five songs now and every single one of these have an E on it. And dude, I just like, you know, for explicit brother, when I tell you about that conviction, (laughs) like I was like, Oh my gosh. Like now he, he told me later, like later I told him, I was like, dude, that caused me to like surrender that to the Lord and start only listening to like Christian rap or even worship before games. And dude, he told me, he's like, I was completely messing with you. <laughs> like he was like, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. And he began to tell me that he, be, he made a, a decision like that before where he was like, I'm not like, I'm not going to listen to that anymore either. Like, and he, he's been on that journey for a while now. And so for me, but I realized like I prayed and I was like, okay, God, what is it that I need to do to take the next step to get closer with you? And I literally like, it was like, I felt the Lord whisper, stop listening to secular yeah. music. Yeah. And for the longest, I was like, uh, are you sure that's what you said? <laughs> I was like, uh, are you sure? And like, I just fought it. Uh, uh, not really. <laughs> and I, I fought it for so long though, dude. And then eventually whenever I gave that up, like I'll never forget. It was our first practice back from Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's a, it's a new year. <laughs> not new year, new me, you know, but I was like, it's a new, new year. year. Like <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going into the second half of the season and I'm going to give this thing a try. I'm going to listen to worship. And I was bumping worship on my headphones before yeah. practice. And bro, I not on some prosperity gospel stuff, but dude, I had the best practice of my life. Yeah. Like I was just like happy. I was like, guys, we're good. Let's go. I was encouraging. I was positive. And from that point on, now did I practice perfect the rest of the year? Yeah. No. But dude, when that was my foundation, when I when I fell back on that, and I was like, man, I'm I'm gonna give glory to God when I have a great practice, and I'm yeah. gonna give glory to God when I have a bad practice, brother. That changed my life. And so yeah. now for me, I view like listening to worship before games as like, man, this this calms me down and it makes me remember who I play for. And so that, yeah, that was a big thing for me. I did a whole lot of rededicating with the music, but once I surrendered it, yeah, yeah. that's whenever that's whenever everything really began to change. That's one thing I loved so much about, I mean, and for those who are watching that went to SCA camp, um, or not, um, the speaker at SCA camp, he mentioned a lot about music. Um, and he said, because that's the way that the devil, the devil will use music to get to you. He will. I mean, he's he's going to corrupt your mind. And, you know, the biggest part of Christians is I've met some Christians who listen to some of the foulest music I've ever heard. So some of the worst music. And, I mean, I fall short in that, too, because obviously my favorite genre of country is country. And everybody knows what country music talks about. Um, mm. But, I mean, I, I, I fell short in that, too. But, Caleb, there, there was a point, too, where, like, my, you know, everybody's Spotify playlist this is so weird but everybody's spotify you know recap is like oh i've listened to what so and so you know bad baby or bad bunny whatever i don't know whoever it is yeah country music whatever it is my 
Spotify playlist recap was Elevation Worship was, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And Country was, like, at the bottom of it. Like, mm-hmm. my top one was, like, CCP, which I think, or C, something CCM, something like that, which is, like, Christian, I don't know what it is. Contemporary for, music? Yeah, something like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, um, it. I mean, that's, I'm the same way. Now, whenever I'm at work, I'm listening to Christian music. I don't listen yeah. to, because also part of it is I find peace whenever I'm doing that stuff. It causes me to not stress. I, I, you know, whenever I was listening to other music, I would get so stressed out about certain things. But whenever I just pop in my headphones and I would get, I would get some stuff done whenever I'm listening to Jesus music in my, mm-hmm. in my, in my ears, you know, cause I'm listening to, you know, and it's, it's a part, it's an act of worship in your day too. Um, even sure. if you're not praising, you know, even if I'm not singing the song, even if I'm not doing anything, if I'm listening to worship music, and in my heart, I just have peace in that. That is an act of worship to the Lord. Um, and there's many different ways that people worship. But, um, yeah, music yeah. music is just, that's the biggest thing that I feel like corrupts the world nowadays. That and the phone. Um, mm. There's so much junk in music nowadays that it's just, once you're hearing that, it's going to affect the way you speak. It's going to affect the way you talk. It's going to affect the way you think. It's going to affect all this stuff. Um, it's going to desensitize you to certain things. Like I know many people that um, listen to rap music and they do drugs and they do stuff like that because in, in the music it's praising, it, it praises that stuff. Um, but once you start you know, listening to worship music, and I'm not saying you have to just totally end up, you know, I listen to country every once in a while. Because yeah. I know that I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to cause me to stumble. Um, obviously, whenever I'm on the beach or whenever it's a summer day, I like to listen to country music, you know, just because mm-hmm. I'm not fully going to give that up, you know. Um, but my priority music that I listen to is Christian music. Like, yes, I get in my sure. car, the radio is 88.1, which is a Christian station in Fort Smith. You know, that's what I listen to, even though it's a podcast or anything. I don't want to get in my car and it's corruption, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to get in my car and it's a praise in the morning, you know. It starts my morning off well. Um, but also just with that is you got to also be in the Word because don't expect to listen fully to Christian music and then you're not getting in the Word either because, yes, I mean, you, ha- you have to get into the Word. That's just a part of being a Christian is you have to. You can't go days where you're not in the Word and you call yourself a Christian. I'm just... I hate to be real, but I'm being real. Like, you have to be. No, I'm here for it. And I, w- I wouldn't say that. For me, I for me, I love, you know, people do it differently where they're doing it, you know, at the end of the day or whatever. To me, I just think, I mean, if you look at all the people in the Bible, what was the main thing that they did? They woke up in the morning and they got right with Christ. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus, he he woke up. In the wee early of the mornings and would pray, but also, what? Well, yeah, <laughs> the wee early of the morning. But also, what would he do at night? He would pray. So he's mm-hmm. starting his day in prayer. He's finishing his day in prayer. So that's the biggest thing is I convince every, or I, I plead with everyone to do is try that out. If you haven't done that, try out just even yes. praying in the morning and praying at night. And there's no, there's no way you got to pray. Just pray like you're talking to your best friend. That's what I do is 
I literally, the Lord knows your day. He knows your heart. He knows what you've done. Just pray. Just talk to him. Um, so. Dude, yes. Because, like, there are times, like, you know, like you said, like, you know, just talk like you're talking to your best friend. Like, there are times where if I'm ever discipling a kid and we go out to eat, first thing I say when the food gets there is, hey, man, do you want to pray for us? And I know immediately that something that I can, you know, help disciple them on is if they ever say, uh, no, I don't really want to. I'm like, that ain't good, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but I'll just be like, uh, hey, man, like even I'll I'll sit there and I'll probably challenge them for about a minute. Yeah. Like I'll be like, hey, man, just talk, talk like you're talking to your best friend, dude. Not in a mean or a discouraging way, but in an encouraging way. I'll be like, hey, man, just talk like you're talking to your best friend, man. It don't matter how it sounds or how it looks. And then you might even get a prayer that's like, um, dear God, thank you for the food. Amen. Dude, that's that's so much better than not doing it at all. And there's no, uh, there's no secret formula to praying. It's just God just wants your obedience. I mean, it says it in Scripture, be consistent in your prayer. Be consistent mm-hmm. in prayer life because, I mean, you look at Jesus. He was consistent talking to the Lord. He was consistent. Even disciples, I mean, whenever things would go wrong, you think about the wilderness. You think about, the, you know, whenever Jesus knew that he was about to die the night before. He was in the garden pleading with Christ. Um, mm-hmm. But also remember that just because we're going to ask for everything doesn't mean we're going to receive everything. I mean, That's Jesus right. will... Jesus is. Jesus will say no to us. Jesus, I mean, Christ said, God said no to Jesus. I mean, Jesus pleaded with the Lord that he did not want to die on the cross. He did not want to, you know, do all this stuff. But he knew that it was the will of the Father to do that. And so God said no to Jesus. But in that, that doesn't mean he's not going to give you an answer. That just means yeah. he, maybe you're not ready to receive that answer. Maybe you're mm-hmm. in a season of waiting. Maybe you're in a season of, um, you're not equipped enough. You're not prepared enough. You're not all this stuff. Um, so also in prayer, just remember that God's not going to always give you an answer. I mean, there's been times where I prayed for something. Like, for example, whenever I was transferring schools, I prayed in July, and I didn't get an answer till November, December. Yeah. Like, bro, that's a few months of waiting, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of nothing. Nothing. I wasn't. I didn't get a word from God, mm-hmm. you know. And then whenever he told me and he felt like it was right, he told me, you know, so. Yeah. Dude, well, I love that. Uh, man, we we covered a lot in this episode. <laughs> we covered the word. We covered yeah. community. We covered prayer. Uh, we, just, we just got real. And I know that uh, this episode is going to bless somebody. And that is something, dude, that is something that I have gotten back to, um, something I began to, to realize. Like, I've, I've been... Um, you know, I, I've gotten caught up in like, you know, how many views did I get? How many people did this and did that? But I began to realize if only one person hears, if only one person gives their life to Jesus, if only one person um, ends up getting out of addiction, getting into community, getting more into prayer, getting more into the word because of this episode, it was worth it. This whole hour and 11 minutes and 20 seconds was worth it. So, uh, dude, Thank you for coming on the podcast and um, just to let y'all know, this is like really just honest stuff we get to talk about all the time, like really. And so uh, it's, it's fun. We just captured it on video. So yeah.
Yep. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, brother. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on and God bless you, brother. And I need you to look at the camera and be like, all right, see you guys later. All right. See you guys later.